Welcome to Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts, where we discuss how to break into the performing arts industry for yourself or your child, teen or young adult. Guests include professionals who are passionate and share my vision of helping talented individuals land professional representation and have successful careers in the arts. My name is Lisa Solak, and I am the CEO and founder of Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts. Having helped hundreds of clients break into the performing arts business on stage, in films, television, commercial work, and more. This podcast is supplemental to my groundbreaking online courses, Professional Kids and Teens 101, a primer for parents, and Professional Biz 201 for young adults, college students, and graduates. For more information, check out all that you can benefit from my courses, programs, my free newsletter, my free guides. Go to lbctalent.com. My guest today is Kurt Solak. Hi, Kurt. How are you? I'm good. How's it going? Good, good. I'm really glad that we got to make this happen. Yeah, all the other ones have looked great. I've I've watched some of the others and uh, happy to, of course, I don't know, talk about whatever I can talk about with everything that's gone on. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to mention that a lot of our listeners are parents of young children and teens and young adults who are thinking about doing this. They have talent and ability and they're they're trying to figure it out. And so we're trying to help them figure it out by sharing our stories and, you know, giving them tips and tricks along the way. Yeah. Um, there's also going to be young adults. There's a lot of young adults. In fact, over the last couple of years, the majority of my clients have been young adults who are trying to navigate the industry either during college, after college and beyond. So I really think that your story is going to really come into play on all fronts. So maybe this Hello. needs to be part one of three parts that we do with you. <laughs> whatever, yeah, whatever it needs to be. I mean, hello parents and art fellow artists uh, trying to be in this, do this crazy thing and make a living from it as much as we can. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start at the beginning. Um, and for everyone who's listening, this is my son, Kurt, and I'm just thrilled with everything he's done. I'm very proud of him, and so I'm excited to talk to him, but I really do think that his story is going to be very advantageous for you to hear. So let's talk about um, the beginning, like when you started, like give oh, everybody Lord. a general idea. 1990. Um, yeah, no, so it's it's funny because, I mean, all of our stories are unique and uh uh, how I always introduce myself to people because it's so central to who I am and and what I've kind of become is I say like, oh, I, I grew up at my mother's dance studio or my mother's performing arts school. And that for me is just, it it kind of encapsulates a lot of why I've ended up where I am and and not for a lack of like no effort and, and no kind of, you know, it, I had a choice and I had things that I could do otherwise and I, and I have done different things, but I think a lot of my childhood was, you know, my earliest memories, just being at a performing arts school and, and hanging out and, and everything that around that was around me was um, a pursuit of some kind of craft, whether it was some kind of dance discipline or acting or singing. And I didn't really know growing up, you know, I, the culture around me that I was born into was just kind of, getting better at something kind of for the sake of just getting better at it, just to have something to do. And that from an early stage, I think that was ingrained in me of like, that's just something you do is you have something that you enjoy doing. And I did enjoy doing whatever classes I was in or different things. Um, Cause it was fun to play. It was fun to be in an acting class and, and just be imaginative and, and pretend to be other people or pretend to be in certain situations. And in the same sense, those same situations in a dance routine or learning to be active or, you know, cause I wanted to be in star Wars. I, you know, you see things that are inspire you. And, and uh, interestingly enough, the performing arts school that you owned and still own uh, used to be the original studio that I was born into was attached to like the local movie theater in our town. So I lived basically at a performing art school and slash movie theater that I was either in class or going to the movies and watching movies all the time. So I think that was just very central to how I was brought up and how different things were, you know, as a, as a kid, you, you have ambitions and, and things that make an impression on you. And, and those things definitely did. 
Yeah. So when did you start getting involved in the professional side? Can you go into that maybe in some detail so um, that people yeah. can kind of get an idea of what it felt like for you? Uh, we had a good core group of friends. We're doing community theater shows and I was doing competition. I was doing musical theater um, and in acting classes. And the, I mean, honestly, the first like big audition was that sky high audition that I feel like that was the it was just like the one time that it was an open call and we went and I feel like we were there for like an hour or so or maybe two hours waiting in line. You go into a room, you read in front of some people. And then I ended up getting a callback and I, I think I got like maybe two more callbacks or, or at least, at least one more callback. And that was like, Oh, like, Oh, maybe this is something that I actually could be doing. And of course it was for like a Disney movie. So it felt really big and really cool. And of course it was something involving superheroes. So for me at, what was I 14, 15 at the time I was like, it was just a really cool potential thing to uh, have a little validation from in the sense of that I got a call back. So that was sort of something that I think motivated me to go, oh, maybe this is something I should actually pursue because it is something that I've been training for. It's something that I would love to be able to do. And um, from there, it, we just kind of started down the path of, okay, let's, uh, is there a manager that we could get or some kind of agent? Um, and I ended up signing with Shirley Grant. You had prepared me in terms of like what, they might ask me or what we might do. So I felt pretty comfortable with being like, okay, this is just like the next thing that you kind of do. It didn't feel like like a massive deal. It just was like, oh, this is something we'll try. And if it works, great. If not, I don't know, we'll see. And um, yeah, I ended up signing, auditioned a bunch. Um, and it, it, it's, it hasn't necessarily been a linear path in terms of like I signed and then immediately started booking things. But uh, yeah, it just, that that was sort of the start and then from there, it was auditioning for everything and every, like, you know, anything and everything from commercials to little educational films to uh, some voiceover things. And it was, yeah, it was something that I was just kind of open to everything and continued to train in acting and, and, and singing. And we were for like my most of my high school uh, time living in New Jersey, I feel like was a mix of being in school, going to dance class rehearsals and stuff for the competition team, and then also potentially leaving school early and, and having to hop on a train or a bus and going into the city for lessons or auditions or things like that. So very grateful for like being surrounded by all of those things to support basically like the same general push of like, okay, I want to be in the performing arts in some capacity. And having the the motivation to want to do it personally, having the support from you and dad and from our, our friend group that also was going in frequently to the city. So we'd be carpooling, we'd be hopping on thing, hopping on the bus, the train, and uh, yeah, just making it work. But it, like thinking back, like it was a lot of, it was a decent amount of like hustle, like to juggle schoolwork and classes and auditions and trying to, you know, just do all of it. But it was exciting. It was fun. Yeah, I think there's a certain um, type of person that you have to be to be able to juggle all of it. And I think that's something that yeah. anybody who's new to it, especially kids who are teenagers and even 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 younger children. And I think parents get really concerned about how do you make all that work? And you, it kind of yeah, all I works think, out. They sometimes yeah. worry about it too much ahead of time. I think they need to kind of yeah. give it a chance. I mean, the same the same with kind of anything like it, I mean, I've, at this point, I've. Um, I started my own business. I started a production company after I went to school for basically for film and film producing. But it's like, it's, I've heard a lot of things like, oh, if you knew how much work it was going to be getting into it, like you would never do it kind of a thing. But it's <laughs> yeah. something that you kind of just say yes and just, and, and, you know, you kind of take it baby steps and um, yeah, you take it a day at a time. There's some weeks that we had you know, four auditions and we were going in and out of the city. And there's some weeks that are, there's, you know, stints of weeks that were dry where you have a little break. So it's, what's nice about the lifestyle of it from since high school has been, it, it kind of ebbs and flows. And there's times where it's rains and pours and everything falls on, on itself at once, which can get exciting. And honestly, those times are when I feel like I do my best work because you're just like firing on all cylinders. 
and there's the time of release and break and there's like a what systole distole like like kind of yeah movement yeah. With, with the kind of work that you end up getting and the and the energy costs but mm -hmm. um but yeah no it definitely it, it takes a lot of time and effort and and money and it's something that you know you just have to prioritize what what's most important like there was a lot of times that in high school or in in college that there were opportunities to have an audition or go to a thing but i chose to go to a friend's house or there was a friend's party that i couldn't do because i chose to go to the audition so you just kind of have to you know pick and choose your battles know what what you what's most important to you and it's a lot of that um you know that that what's it's like the marshmallow game it's like with kids it's like you can either have one marshmallow now or when in an hour you can have two and it's constantly you know figuring out for yourself okay how badly do you want the two marshmallows instead of the the comfort thing that's immediate so yeah can you just mention talk about when you were in high school and the job that you booked i think there are a lot of people that don't really understand the voiceover world and i think yeah. it'd be interesting for you to mention yeah. that can you also tie in your journey and choices when it came to the the collegiate side the university experience so in the midst of auditioning for musicals and commercials and all kinds of things, which I was great, very grateful to have the opportunity to have a manager that was just sending me for everything. And that was also on us too, to just be like, whatever you think I'd potentially book, like send me out. Cause I think it's a great way to start because you don't know where you're going to settle. Like if I was very strict with, I just want to do film TV and nothing else, I wouldn't have booked um, a lot of things that I actually really did enjoy. Um, so I was in high school, I think I was 16 when I first auditioned, maybe 17. So I um, was going in for auditions. There was a random voiceover call where we went to a recording studio for the casting. And it was, I forget what for, but it was for, I think, some cartoon. And um, I don't know. I think, I, I think a lot of the times, like, you can't uh, necessarily judge immediately, like, whether or not you're the right type for it. I think I was probably fine for it. But uh, after the audition, uh, we were waiting there for a little bit and they, the producer, the casting person that was there, that was just recording people and directing a little bit. Um, they were like, we actually have this other project. He was like, can you hang around for a little bit? And, uh, a producer is going to come and we might want to have you read for this other thing that we're producing. And I was like, okay, sure. I didn't know what it was. And it happened to be, uh, a, basically a new, uh, speed racer cartoon that, was going to be produced for Nicktoons. And um, yeah, I auditioned for that. And that felt kind of cool. I was like, oh, cool. Like they thought of me for something else at the audition and we got to hang out and, and you know, didn't really think too much of it. Yeah, you uh, know what? Let me interject something here. So as a parent yeah, at this were, point. You were there, right? I was with you, yeah. yeah. And so what's interesting and what I would like to people to understand is in that moment, it had started to snow. And we were in New York City, and we had already waited for some time before you went into that initial audition. Yeah, I remember we and when, like, felt like an hour and a half, two hours or something. Yes. And then they came out and asked if you could stay, and we waited like another hour. And then they came out again and said, we're really sorry, but do you think you could stay? And we waited for like another 45 minutes. And we didn't know what it was because they weren't really supposed to be talking about it in that moment. And we really weren't given much information. And I kept watching the snow come down and I was a little concerned about getting home, but I knew this could be an amazing opportunity. So I said, we're staying in my mind. We are waiting. We, they like him for something. They would never take the time to do this if they didn't like him. So I think as a parent, you have to be able to always kind of assess not only how you feel in the moment, but what opportunities could lie there and trust people. They wouldn't have asked us to stay, especially yeah. with the weather conditions, if they didn't really want you or weren't really interested in you so yeah yeah no and i, I think uh, thank you for staying and, <laughs> and not being like no we're leaving um well that's what i think a lot of parents would do they'd sure, be like it's yeah. snowing we have to get home your brother and sister are doing abcd or yeah, whatever I mean, the situation is you have to kind of be open to a lot of opportunities and and keep yeah. your mind in that positive headspace all the time yeah um so yeah so that that happened we auditioned and then 
I feel like a month went by and then I we got the general casting call for that same project and I was like when I got that I was like uh you know what didn't happen like I must have just been like oh they thought I was like maybe a fit but like whatever and then I went in with our core kind of group of friends that were my age that also auditioned for the project so now we knew it was a speed racer cartoon uh we got there it was like an open call similar kind of situation where you come in and there were pictures of the of the characters that they were casting on the wall like the cartoons and you basically pick the script for what character you think you could play the most uh, or fit the most. And then you'd go in one at a time and read that script and then leave. And I remember being there and being like, oh, this is the same thing I did. And I went into the room and like, I think even the person that I was reading with, I might've mentioned like, oh, like I, I did this like a month ago. And like, I don't think that person knew or remembered, like if it was remembered me. So I was like, ah, shit, it's definitely not my you know, it's not going to be me. It's because, or may, or you know, maybe it wasn't as as impressive on them that I could be the fit, or they were just doing their due diligence and just you know seeing what else they had. But um, I auditioned for it again, and then it wasn't. I feel like it was like another month or two went by. Like it was, it really was a good amount of time, and I uh, didn't hear anything. Forgot about it in a general sense, because a lot of times, you you know, every time you audition, you, you don't know if you're going to hear anything. And the best, you know, mental way forward is to just go, okay, I did that thing. And I felt good about it, or I didn't feel good about it. Like, what's the next thing? And then you just, you know, focus on Absolutely. the next opportunity that's coming. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, no, I think, I don't think I heard anything about it until I was, it was, it was, it was funny that you did that. But uh, I, <laughs> I was at like lunch at, at high school and like all of a sudden you were standing there and you were like oh you book speed racer and that was like it was kind of cool because that was and of course at the time like it was the biggest thing that I had booked it was something that was gonna you know we didn't know the size or scale of what it was going to be and um, I ended up doing it for two seasons and it ran on Nicktoons and like it was it was a it was a cool little like uh, cartoon and I was grateful to be a part of it um but of course yeah of course at that time it was like the coolest thing and like of course he's like you know speed racer and it was right when I got my license to to drive when I was my provisionary license to drive when I was 17 so I just like felt super cool like being able to drive and now having this voiceover I was like a race car driver dude so it was cool it, I really enjoyed uh getting to do that and I think that also cemented uh getting that job because it ended up being the way we would record is it would kind of be a weekly thing. Like I'd come in one day out of the week and record one episode for like maybe two hours in the booth and then would go back the following week. So I was at, you know, in high school, going to school, doing all my work. And then one day out of the week, I would have to either leave early or leave immediately from school, get on the train, get pizza at Penn Station, walk down to what was it creative bubble on like I don't know if it's still there but it was like by Union Square record and then basically come back and that was uh that was like I guess junior senior year of high school uh -huh. junior year of high school into like freshman year of college um but yeah so that was that was a cool way to kind of start the the career in a sense and at least be in the city and feel like I was I was a part of things and doing something. And, and I think that was a big reason too, why when um, I was applying to school and figuring out what I wanted to do for college and where I wanted to go, um, being near New York was a big factor. So I applied to a bunch of schools, um, Fordham being one, NYU being one. Um, where else did I? I remember. Where else I applied around, around the area. Um, but Fordham and NYU, I think were like the two that I was, hoping to get just to be near New York as much as possible. Um, got accepted to New York and we had a, a decent scholarship and um, yeah, decided to to come to New York. And uh, the program that I did was uh, the Gallatin School at NYU, which you create your own curriculum. And I didn't know exactly what I wanted to study. I It was, I I, I had a portion of me that wanted to do some kind of acting program and do something on with the performing arts but there was another side of me that i've already been taking acting classes and in 
in performing arts my whole life in terms of the different classes I was taking. I was, I think at the time I was even actively in classes in New York anyway. So trying to capitalize off of the kind of education and, and uh, resources that, you know, you have and need to go to school. I, I wasn't, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't sure what I really wanted to do or what would be the most beneficial. So I, the first year, um, I was kind of floating in terms of what my, my, um, major or, uh, concentration was. And I went to Gallatin, which was, uh, in the school of like individualized study. So you basically create your own curriculum and make up your major and you can, uh, pick basically classes from any of the schools within NYU. So like the business school, Tisch, the like performing arts school, um, Steinhardt, which was like the education music school. So like what was cool is I each semester was able to select what classes were interesting to me that I wanted to create. And of course, you have an advisor that's trying to help you like solidify it all into something that makes sense, that's useful and not just a random smattering of classes. Um, but so that was like I had a, a good amount of anxiety with it in terms of making it something worth an NYU tuition um but also was was freeing that I wasn't tied down to something um for for all of college and I ended up basically taking a couple classes in the film program and really liking everything that was there and basically created a curriculum around film producing and it was a mix of like business and creative classes um there was some like performing arts classes in there. Like I did take like a musical theater acting class that was within the Gallatin school. Um, some creative writing, some uh, psychology, I did a physics minor because I like science. Like I, I just did a mix of things, <laughs> but it was um, overall a good experience and I'm glad I did it. And it definitely allowed me to create the... Uh, the mix of of work that I've I've had now and at least given me like a good basis for um yeah everything that I wanted to do and am on the way to still be doing. It's been a really interesting journey. And I think yeah. what people can learn from this too is everyone's journey is different and yours definitely is and was. And I think that some people think it has to be a certain way. So I think they think that their children have to get into a musical theater program or an acting program or an acting for film and TV in a, yeah. in a college or university. And that's the step that you take. And then you get into the professional business. If you can find an agent or a manager, like they don't understand that there's yeah. other ways to do it, which is another reason I've, I'm doing the podcast so that people yeah. can learn that there are so many different ways to work professionally in the industry. You know, a prerequisite to to have finding success isn't, you know, there's no definite thing that you need to do. You don't have to do a full acting program or a full musical theater program, but you also have to know yourself. Like the reason I didn't do those things is because I felt like I had some kind of foundation outside of that. But also if I did do one of those programs, I don't know, you know, I maybe could have gotten to where I am now quicker in a certain sense, because I'd be, have that much more pressure on it. So you kind of have to, in mm. general with like, any pursuit in your life like it's not going to be linear and you have to be okay with kind of the choices you make going with the flow and and having that constant pressure on going towards what you want but not uh any judgment as to how it's working out or or how it's meeting your expectations as you go because it it you know it different things happen different doors close and open and uh yeah, it, it just, it ends up happening in a different way sometimes. So after your university experience and after trying to juggle all the lessons and all of the classes and the things that you were doing on the side to kind of stay in, in the artistic side of things, how important was the networking that you were able to do after college yeah. to end up where you are today with both and maybe you can talk a little bit about both your film production company and your opportunities there yeah. as well as where you are now which is you can say where you are now yeah so um i think the the entire time with any industry there's there's i think a lot of um it's a mix of the degree of your skill and what you're doing but also of course networking 
you're always meeting people like you, you know, anything in the performing arts, you end up becoming close with the, with, with friends that you see at classes or that different things. And depending on what style you like to hang out in or what choreographers you like to take from, you end up, if you frequent those things and notice, and they notice you and like, you, they notice that you're proficient at that thing or that, that you end up in that group, then there's always, you know, there's, there's times that I was taking tap classes and afterwards at once I was of course of age, uh, you'd be invited out to like grab a drink after the class or you, people are hanging out for a little bit longer and going to get food down the street. So it's those kind of things, um, are like pretty vital and important to be able to just be in the community and network because so much of it is with anything who you know but it's more so like who who know like who knows you who knows that what you're trying to do and with multiple things in my life um you know you you don't necessarily get the opportunities until you you make it known or you 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 put forward that energy um like i've um uh, different things like I've, I've had uh, been performing auditioning uh, after school I ended up doing a lot of film work and that snowballed into a production company that now I'll do music videos and corporate things and and commercials and short films and very a lot of really cool things like that and happily able to help um, create and bring to life uh, different visions for different people uh, that I respect and admire a lot. Um, recently, I've gotten to work with Ayadeli Cassell and Anthony Morgerato um, with uh, films that I basically did the creative or the technical side for them in terms of filming and editing. Um, one was Chasing Magic with Ayadeli uh, that we did for the Joyce during the pandemic. Uh, with Anthony, we've done two short films now, one that... Um, we just released this past December and then one that we're just finishing up now editing that we're going to submit to festivals. Um, we've also gotten to work with Jared Grimes on, on film work. And that was, um, uh, very, you know, I'm very grateful to do that, but I also, in terms of, um, wanting to also tap dance with them and also be um, on the performance side with them. I remember, I think it was during 2020 or 2020, early 2021, that I had been doing some of the film work with them, but I like I let them know. I was like, I, I'd love to actually perform with you guys. Like if you have, if there's ever like a swing opportunity or something where I could just come in and be in the room. And it really wasn't until I kind of made that known that they're like, oh, oh yes, of course. And then kind of got into the mix with that. So I think there's a lot of, you know, it's networking, it's, it's letting people know what you, like what your dreams are and what you want and and uh yeah yeah i think it's interesting that you mentioned that because it is so important i just got off the phone with an, a client the other day explaining to them and i think i do this more and more with young adults than anyone else blow your own horn like you need yeah. to be able to you need to have that elevator speech, not that you actually want it, obviously you don't want to do it in an elevator, but just that concept of the elevator speech. And you want to be able to let people know what you want and exactly what you said, what your dreams yeah, are. Not that you're going to say it in that way, that too. Mm -hmm. like but you, they respond. don't know. Yeah. People don't know. And, and they'll like, if you like put out that, Oh, like, um, I want to be performing like I in five years, I'd love to perform with a symphony orchestra or right? in, I want to be like, like the, you know, with how technology and social media and everything works these days and just the network of people that you, you know, you come to know, like, that's how things kind of happen is like, and I think there's a lot of people that want to help other people, you know, fulfill their dreams or, or want mm -hmm. or get to where they want to be. And I think mm -hmm. you have to not only, know what you want but also you know at least have the get to the place where you like you believe that it, it it can happen because at the same time mm -hmm. like you know you have to convince people that you can do it and if you have to like know for yourself that you can and but that's like a you know of course a big thing yeah and i think too another part of it is being able to keep your ears and eyes open when you're in various situations so that you can know when you can interject those ideas in a in an appropriate way like i almost feel like 
And I would love to teach a class on how to do that. You know, how do you actually, and when do you actually open your mouth or reach out and say, Hey, do you want to go get coffee? I'd love to talk to you about something. And, you know, or whatever it is that you would do, or in whatever situation, like you said, you were invited out for a drink and you get to go with people and sit around and talk and to be able to start to interject some of those options, because how do they know that here you are, this amazing filmmaker who's, you know, filming all kinds of dance you know, programs and trying to do everything you can to promote dance, especially tap dance, they might be perceiving you as that person who is artistic in that way, even though they know you're a tap dancer, not knowing that you have the skill and want that option yeah. and want that opportunity. And until you say it, and until you reach out and try to make that happen, and I think a lot of people don't understand that they need to make those things happen. Yeah, You can't just sit back, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's something too, like I, um, there's a lot, there's a mix, you know, in terms of the, the culture of performing arts and, and audition and auditions and the, all those kinds of things. It's a mix of, you know, seeking that external validation of like someone else, bring me onto your project and show and tell me that I'm good. And then also knowing what you like and do on your own and, and also, um, enjoying it for the thing itself in terms of like, I just enjoy to act or I just enjoy to tap dance and and doing things that you think are cool and that you like that you'd want to do. So it's like, it's a, it's, it's kind of a twofold thing of, you know, there's a, of course a good portion of the industry is going to be, you have to go out and, and prove your skill and network and, and be heard and be seen and get yourself in the right places and, and be, not like be be proactive about that and sometimes aggressive but but more proactive and and as confident and grounded as possible and like this is what i offer this is who i am this is what i can do for you because as a you know as much as like as much as the classic you know cultural tale of like i want to be a star and like some producer is going to come and pick you out of uh you know some random thing and go you have the it factor kid and you're going to be in this big show like as much as we want to believe that happens, it's a lot more, you know, it's it's still producers who have, who spend, you know, years pr producing a project, wanting to bring it to life. And then when it comes to time to cast it, they're looking for the best person to fit that role, to make the money, to make the thing successful. So like, you're still just a cog in the machine of a project and to put a lot of your own value and stock into, I want to be, like uh, you know chosen for that thing of course that feels good when you book a part and you you become a part of a project and it's a great community feel to all be creating something together like that's always fun to do but i think with that i think it's really healthy for any artist to also have things that they work on themselves that they are self-producing or that they do with friends and go hey like we don't need especially nowadays when we can film an entire film on our phones um and edit it on our phones too like i think there's a lot of proactiveness that we can all have myself included with just writing our own scenes right like filming our own stuff getting our own things out there and of course there's not necessarily an immediate monetary return from that in terms of it's not necessarily a job but it's it's something that'll get you you know self-validated and and you can then mm -hmm. go into the auditions and and feel like you know you don't necessarily need the thing because you know you can do it and you like you could, it'll just give you that much more confidence going into mm -hmm. other things and mm -hmm. just with you know with just the enjoyment of your craft as well sure sure so continue a little bit of what you were just saying about the validation of being a performer and also the community that you're in when you get involved at that level and maybe tie that into your recent journey to Broadway? So, yeah. So in terms of like Broadway and I think a lot of people from a young age see that as like the pinnacle of like, I, you know, I want to be on Broadway. And I think there, there is, uh, there is authenticity and, and um, truth to like it being something that, is a very it's a it feels like a cool club to be a part of it's an immediate 
it's like the most popular thing that anyone who isn't a performer, if they hear if they if they hear your performer, they go, oh, are you on Broadway? It's just That's like so the true. thing that for whatever reason is the qualifier. And in a way it's unfortunate because honestly, like I, it's, I've had a great experience, but I think I've had more fulfilling experiences with other things that I've done, both region, like regional theater or personal projects that are that have just been more fulfilling and, and more exciting. Um, of course, this is like the big, like being in Funny Girl has been the biggest public thing um, that I've done and, you know, had found success with. Um, but uh, it was, Broadway was never something that I necessarily thought was going to happen or expected to happen. Of course, like even with growing up at a performing arts school and it being always, it's like, it was like the unspoken thing that you're all trying to get, like eventually, like why are, why are you training in all these things is to not just get good at discipline, but like there's the unspoken like at some point you're gonna have to audition and like maybe you'll be in a Broadway show one day or you'll be in a film one day. So I think that, that you know, that it's good to have those goals, but at the same time, um, knowing what I knew from going to school and the producing side of things um, and knowing what the volatility of not just casting, but just how the shows get made and how nine out of 10 Broadway shows don't break even and how so many shows close after a couple of weeks. Like if you put all your stock into, I want to be in a Broadway show and a lead, you could get to the point where you finally are cast in, in, in the lead of a Broadway show and it could open for a week and it could close with from no fault of your own. And so I think it's uh, defining success and what what's most important to you and what, what's most valuable, I think is important and healthy to do uh, in whatever part of the journey you're at. Um, and yeah, getting to the point where you're like with, with Funny Girl and specifically, um, for a while I was auditioning and, uh, you know, different roles and different tracks from different shows have different things that they ask of each performer. Uh, Book of Mormon, you have to be able to tap, you have to be able to sing to a certain note, you have to be able to have the comedic chops, X, Y, and Z. Uh, Newsies, I remember going in for Newsies and that was... I was a little bit younger. I was maybe in like my early 20s or like 1918. And I just, I didn't have the uh, like gymnastic athletic ability to be able to do like those extra things that the newsy guys have to do. So like you kind of have to know yourself and know what your ability is at the time and be unapologetic and realistic with yourself with what you expect. Like I could have left the newsies audition being really upset, being like, oh, like I'm not good enough. But I also knew that I wasn't going to probably book it because I can't do a backhand spring or whatever they asked me to do. So with Funny Girl, it was the first time that things just kind of lined up and that I think you have to be able to have uh, the patience and the longevity with if you're really trying to book either Broadway or something that specifically you're really trying to go like, this is what I want to do. Because so much of it's the right show, the right time. Like Funny Girl could have come five years earlier and I might have not been available or not been to the point where I am with my voice or it could have come five years later and I would have been too old. So things just think a lot of things have to line up. And it just so happened that um, I knew the choreographer, I had Ellie Cassell. She was choreographing the tap and I had just done the the filming Chasing Magic with her and uh, at the time was in actively in rehearsals with her for doing that same show in Boston. Um, that was something that of course is helpful and you have to kind of use the cards that you're dealt and anything, you know, play your best hand. So when I saw that Funny Girl was happening, I didn't actually know the show. I didn't know, um, I knew it was tied to Barbara Streisand. I, I didn't, hadn't watched the movie, but I knew she was choreographing it. I knew it was sort of like a classic Broadway musical. Yeah. Um, so as soon as I saw that, uh, told the agent, told Io, and then I also submitted a self-tape, which was like a dance combo and like a song. And then after that, uh, got called in, 
wasn't sure from what, if it was like IO recommending me and putting me yeah. in her pool. Yeah, there's no way of knowing. From the general call or if it was from mm -hmm. my agent getting me in, but whatever reason I got in the room. And then um, it just so happened that like everything they asked of, you know, what the audition was, like there were things that I was comfortable in. Like the jazz was just enough, like athletic. It, like, it was it asked just, you know, the amount of athleticism and technique and ability that I felt comfortable doing. It wasn't, it wasn't like a switch center and, and four turns into like a ballet, you know, cross the floor thing. It was, it was just the amount of like right of style and technique and, and um, yeah, things that I could kind of handle the tap I could do. The singing wasn't asking me to sing, you know, belt an A or a, a B flat. It was uh, within my range. And the, the scene was something that I felt comfortable doing with the Nick Arnstein stuff. So it just so happened that those things lined up and um, yeah, I ended up going, we had the open call or the, the invited call, which was jazz combo tap uh, singing. And then after that, I got called back and I had to do this, uh, a scene, uh, a song of my own, one of the next songs. And then they gave me another scene, but we didn't end up doing that. And then they sang me, they, we did scales like up and down so that they could see my range. And then I came back and I had to do the dance again, tap again, which was a different combo. And then there was like 30 people in the room and it was uh, the same thing, like sing my original song that wasn't in the show, sing the song from the show, do the scene. And I think that's all I did in the last call. So it was like that happened and, uh, you know, it generally felt good. And of course we were in rehearsals with Ayadeli. So like I saw her the next day and we were like, don't tell us, but like good vibes. And she was like, yeah. So we were like, <laughs> okay. So we weren't sure until, you know, I didn't know until I officially got the call, but um, it was a unique experience to, to kind of have somewhat of a, of like knowledge with from what the um, creative team wanted and when was and was dealing with and um, it was actually nice to hear the uh, uh, choreographer Ele Eleanor Scott. We went out after one of the shows, and it was nice. But she said she was like, "Oh, like I, because I struggle with, uh, you know, in terms of how much I've been involved with performing and being in and out, I." you know, you don't feel as secure as if, as if I was actively more in dance classes for the last 10 years. So in terms of the other styles of dance, like I didn't want, of course, just to be cast in the show because IO put me in there and she convinced the rest of the team that I should be in there just because <laughs> right. I'm her friend or I, I, you know, I filmed something for her. Um, but Eleanor, the other choreographer, um, she was like, oh, like, like, I did the jazz combo and she didn't know I was in IO's camp in terms of like her top picks. And Eleanor was like, I immediately wanted you as like one of my top picks. So it was cool to hear that. And that was like, nice to hear, you know, this one in particular happened to be not just it being the right part, the right time. Uh, my preparedness was enough for what was being asked of me. And I had, you know, somewhat of a network mm -hmm in with the creative team so like you know at least for me it took all those things to line up to finally <laughs> book a broadway show so kurt all this information is wonderful for everyone who's listening it's definitely extremely helpful because my whole philosophy is learn from these other person's journeys and their perceptions and their understandings yeah. and and try to you know put your best foot forward and move into the space that you need to move into to, you know, to get where you want to go, whether that's the networking piece, the training piece, you know, all of that. So um, knowing what you know and everything that you've been through, can you kind of give us, give, give the adult listener your, your kind of perception of their general perception Okay. Yeah. Going uh, into this process. Cause I think what I'm finding is I have a lot of clients who they don't really understand the barometer of, or the, 
the level of proficiency that they need to be at. And you kind of touched on sure. that as you yeah. went through all of this, so I, I think... but that's difficult, right? So how do they, if they, if there's somebody who just got out of college, they're trying to find an agent or a manager, they're in the city, maybe they're planning to move to the city and what next? Yeah. Advice from Kurt Solak. Oh man. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I think it's a mix of things. I think um, it's knowing, first of all, it's being realistic with yourself. And if you're not in a place uh, with your own security and your own objectivity about your skills and where you are, if you're not in a place to realistically know yourself well, I think it's good to try to find someone that is that you respect or is respectable in the industry to give you some perspective. Um, and I think that's a really hard thing to do because a lot of people, especially your family and friends around you will all tell you you're great at everything. But yeah. I think a healthy way to, and what's really hard when you are in a creative industry where um, you have some kind of art that you're creating, you know, if you were a potter, if you were a trumpet player, if you were doing something else, you'd have an external instrument that was the thing that like I'm, when I'm playing I can critique myself. But when, of course, you are the instrument as an actor or a dancer or a singer, a lot of that critique can feel like a tax on you. So I think healthily trying to uh, detach yourself from who you are when you are performing and what who you are in the room when it's the audition or who you are when you're on stage, um, I think is something that everyone has to do and you have to be able to be okay with the the criticisms and with what you need because we're all growing no one's perfect no one is born with the talent and i think that's something that i think needs to be dismantled in the sense yes. of like you're just born with talent or you you have it or you don't um i've personally never thought that i had any kind of like innate even with tap dancing i feel like it was something that I didn't necessarily just immediately have, or it wasn't like it was, I, I picked it up that much quicker than really anyone else. It was just, I liked it and I practiced it. And um, I still think I have a lot of things to practice. Like I still, I, for myself, I uh, always think that there's things I can work on. And I think, you know, it, it's healthy to have like a beginner's mind all the time. Like you always, you can always yeah. learn something from anyone, even I have a tap student that's just te learning tap for the first time. I could potentially learn something from them that I haven't learned in the last 25, yep. you know, 20 totally. years of, of doing something. So um, anyway, with that, I think first step is to know where you are and know where you need to go. So if you're trying to be on Broadway or if you're trying to be in a movie, there's certain things that are going to be asked of you um, for Broadway if you're ensemble track, generally you have to be an amazing dancer, an amazing singer, an amazing actor or actress. And yeah. it's one of the hardest jobs in the world. So I think yes, it is. That, I always I always saw Broadway as, and part of the reason why I never like assumed that or expected that Broadway would happen is because I saw Broadway as like, okay, that's the Olympics. That's like, you have to be <laughs> an Olympic athlete to do eight shows a week and those people are, you know, they're doing eight shows. They're also working out every day. They're also taking class in their off time. Like they're, uh -huh. like, and I'm in the show and I know people who, who do all those things and it's, it's crazy. So you have to be, you have to have the physical ability. You have to know what that demands are on your body and how to maintain and be able to do those things, whether that's working out or knowing your anatomy enough to to work out the muscles you need to be able to do the jumps and the leaps and the things you need to do. You have to have the technique to do those things. You have to, uh, you have to be able to act and perform through the dancing and the singing and tell the story. At the end of the day, we're all storytellers. So having a sense of not just the acting side, but having a sense of like, okay, the general story, what did the writer like what is what is what's the choreographer trying to say with this piece even if you're not saying anything what's the like and always having that as a foundation for what you're doing and then of course singing having the technique to have the diction and use your voice and breathing and all those things so there's you know for broadway specifically 
a lot of skills are asked of you and uh, being realistic with where you are against what specifically will be needed of you or wanted to be seen of you in the room, you have to be able to be, you know, to understand what the difference is and what you need to get there. And sometimes if you can't do that yourself, you need someone who can kind of not necessarily be tough love, but be be honest with you about what you need to get there. And I think that's a really hard pill to swallow that I think a lot of people don't want to. And I think it mm -hmm. limits a lot of people in their careers because they absolutely they can close up and it's a it's a big insecurity thing. And it's it's something that is natural, I think. Like it's uncomfortable. This industry sucks a lot of times and it's <laughs> uncomfortable to put yourself out there and and be um in a vulnerable place of yes because it growing at all it's uh, it's you feel like bambi legs you know like anytime you if you've never sung in an audition room it's gonna suck for the first like <laughs> 10 times you know like yeah. it's um and it's a lot about putting yourself in, in into spaces of uh where you're going to fail and that being a prerequisite to succeeding is that you have to be uncomfortable and put yourself in the dance class that you think you're the worst at 10 times before you feel like you're actually then growing into it and feeling more comfortable with it. So if you're a dancer that needs more ballet technique, <laughs> take more dance, take, take more ballet classes and it's going to be uncomfortable for the first 10 times. If you're someone that wants to be in a musical theater show that has tap dance, but you don't necessarily like tap, go take it, take it, don't jump into the hardest class and discourage yourself. Like it has to be just outside your comfort zone enough that you're pushing yourself, but not enough to like break you mentally. <laughs> Cause that yeah, can happen yeah. too. if I went into the hardest mm -hmm. ballet class, I'd be like, screw this. I am not a dancer. I suck. And I'm going to go home. So I think if <laughs> yes, you jump, to, if, you, if you're at the bottom of the mountain, looking at the top and you expect to get to the top immediately, you're, you're never going to get there and you're going to uh, mentally really discourage yourself at the juxtaposition of like well the people at the top like the the guy right next to me just ran to the top and he's but that's a sherpa he's been doing it since he was like born so it's like i think it's knowing being realistic with where you are what you need and being un unapologetic with what you need um for a long time i grew up performing uh competition dance and as a tap dancer the, a lot of the culture is uh, based in improvisation especially as you get to more advanced levels a lot of it is your own expression and your own, um, uh, yeah, your own voice with what you're doing. And for a long time, improvisation was very uncomfortable for me because I just hadn't done it. And it still is something that, you know, mentally is something that you, um, I'll always be trying to find more freedom and more more expression with what I want to say and what I want to do in, in any kind of improv situation. Um, but I avoided a lot of jams and a lot of classes earlier on when I first started encountering it because I was like, Ooh, that's not me. Or I limited myself to being, you know, expecting myself to be further along, be comparing myself to kids or other adults who had been doing it since they were 10 years old. So I think that same analogy with anything, if you're someone who didn't grow up performing and competition dances but you need to be a dancer on broadway or you want to be doing dance or if you didn't grow up singing as much and you're a great dancer but you're insecure about your singing like be okay with that no like and, and you'll feel so much better as soon as you go yeah i'm not like it's not and it's not definitive like you can there's things in your control and there's things that aren't in your control but that's the other side of things that you have to be realistic about is like you can control what you do your choices right now and that's about it. Even the stuff you did yesterday, you can't control. So like as much as you can sulk about what you didn't do for the last 10 years to get yourself in a better place, you know, the best time to plant a tree is yesterday. The next best time is today. So start <laughs> just doing what you need to do, being okay with where you are. And as soon as you can honestly just be like, yeah, I'm not a great improv. Like for me, I'm not as great of an improviser as I want to be, but I can get better. And I'm going to go into class and be okay with with fumbling around and not being great and just picking up even if I can get move the needle a millimeter each class I take that's all I can hope for and all I can be excited about so across the board with anything that you're doing I think 
if you're if you just graduated or if you're trying to get into the performing arts, like know where you are on the talent side or what your what skills you need. Um, know your type. Know your, you know, and again with that things you can control, things you can't control. We're in a visual, you know, industry, whether it's performing like on stage or in film, TV, and we're dealing with how people perceive us, what we can play, how we come off. So be okay with wherever you are, uh, whether that's whatever age you are, whatever kind of type you are, be okay with it. And if you're not, if it's something you can change, then make take steps to change it. But if it's not something you can change, you have to, you know, there's a limit to how much you can really push and pull what you are. So it's a mix of, yeah, know what you can con can control, the things that you can change, take the steps to actively do it unapologetically. Um, the things you can't control, be okay with it. And, you know, make make friends with, with who you are. And, <laughs> um, and yeah, and then in terms of the actual industry side of it, like once you know where you're where you are and where you want to go, and you're taking steps to do those things, um, just set the goals and then backtrack what steps you need to take to get there. So if it's an agent, or if it's a show, like if if you want to book a show, you need to get in the room. You need to do the things that you're are being asked of you. How do you get in the room? Oh, I need an agent or I need to know that the auditions are there. All right. How do you get an agent? How do you know the auditions are there? Like we're like, just kind of, you know, backtrack all the little minor baby steps to get there and then make the plan and just start. I love it. This has been great. Um, one last question. Yeah. I know you do a lot of um, self-educating. So can you suggest or what book, what book are you reading or books are you reading now? And what book or books can you suggest sure. to adults in the same process that you've been in and are in? So I, I, I want to, I want to create a more extensive list because this is something that recently I've been a little bit more on top of and pushing myself to do because I've had a lot of time on the subway and I've just made it a thing to like, anytime I get on the subway, start reading and between you know, the 35, 40 minutes to the theater and back, I'll read about like 40 pages a day. So I've been getting through a good amount of books recently. But um, yeah, there's, it's a mix of some acting books, some um, like just like art and how to approach life kind of books. Um, recently, I just finished Sanford Meisner's acting book because there's a lot of things that I not going through like a drama curriculum i didn't necessarily read the standard stanislavski meisner like those you know kind of core acting books that a lot of my peers have read if they've gone through those kind of uh, things and a lot of it you know has as i'm reading it has just been reminders and just confirming things that we kind of, kind of learn along the way with like audition technique and also acting technique and and given circumstances and just at the end of the day creating you know living in in doing what you need to to create a reality in whatever scene or situation that you're in acting wise sure. um so there's different acting books i'd recommend um there's uh the talent code by daniel coyle is good uh kind of just talks about how to uh how to practice and how to gain skill in something which is just uh repetition of whatever the thing is um but it's in deep practice so that you're not just uh repeating things that are wrong or getting into bad habits but it's just a good book about like you know acquiring skill um i, I could i could give you a list but <laughs> maybe that maybe that'll be another podcast that'll be another discussion we'll just talk yeah. about all the books that that actor singer dancers should read yeah because i mean there's some just for the like a like a you know living in this industry and just how to how to live in general mindset but yeah i think there's a there's a couple that have contributed to just the overall like approach and and um how to like what to expect and what to um yeah just how to live healthily with not knowing you know just living gig to gig and and focusing on the right things and putting value in the right places so that 
it's not as dramatic for yourself with the mm -hmm. highs and lows but it's yeah. like if in, at the end of the day i think it's uh if you if you book a job great keep working if you don't book a job great keep working if you're <laughs> in the middle of things great keep working it's just like you can't escape the 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 journey of it and it's you know at the end of the day it's the um you know a man who the person who loves walking will walk further than the person who wants to get to the destination and so it's if you if you love the you know it's cliche but if you love the journey of doing the craft and just always getting better and and that's the most important thing is like how much more can i find or express myself or be good in this thing or or like if that's the goal then everything else will happen as a byproduct rather than mm -hmm. just trying to do exactly what you need to for something because then there's also like a sense of desperation and when you're auditioning for something and it's just to get that one thing but if it's mm -hmm. oh i just enjoy doing this and i'm gonna yes. come into the room and enjoy auditioning for you because it's playtime and i get yes. to i get to show you what i worked on and i enjoy doing that that's that's the best healthiest place to be um, i love that i drive that home every day you have to be passionate about the process because yeah. that's and that's what people will respond to is is how much mm -hmm joy and playfulness you have in the audition room or or that you have on stage and if they see that you're really in it or you're really enjoying yourself or you know that's what is that's what's exciting that's what's like transcendent about performing arts and and whether you're on stage or in film it's like you get to embody someone else and feel that empathy for um people in different situations and yeah it's yeah i think it's a lot of a lot of it is if i were to boil it down it's it's take your ego out of it and and um yeah it's let let the let the journey and the milestones happen around you but don't let that be like let it motivate you but don't let it be the things that you you need to validate yourself like try mm -hmm. as much as you can to just focus on the the craft and um and getting better for the sake of just being better and being as flexible be as uh as as good as many things as you can that are interesting to you for the sake of it being fun i love it yeah. this has been great yeah i i'm really so happy that we were able to make this work today thank yeah, you so much there's some things in there and in terms of the books i can i can get stuff together because I, I pulled some out but like there's too many to kind of talk about like these are the ones that i've read recently intent to live is really good good overall acting book talent code talked about that for a second free play is really good for anyone um anything improvisation act actors i, I would suggest it too but anyone like just with who's doing their own things creatively um songwriters anyone musicians things like that it's really good Audition's good for general audition technique. Um, Man and Assembles is is really great for it's Carl Jung, but it's like it's like dream interpretation, but it's just good for like archetypes and things with um, character and just humanity type things. Zen Mind Beginner's Mind for um, mindset. Uh, this is just a good overall quick acting book. Um, there's others too, but. That's great. I love it. I have to share too that Anthony Abeson is going to be a guest on the podcast soon I'm, next week. Wait, hold on. His, yeah, he's got his book. His book is great too. Have you have it? Oh, hold it up. In my bag because I just finished. I just finished Meisner's book. So I literally just yesterday finished this one. Oh, I love that one. And the next one on my list, Anthony Apeson. There it is, Anthony Apeson. So that's that's going to be today on the subway. I'm starting this one. Love but, it. Yeah, I'm hoping to, once I get through a couple more, I want to kind of condense it all to, because I'm, I'm highlighting and, and dog, <laughs> you know, dog earring different pages and things. Um, but I'd love to like, 
condense it down to like the nuggets that I think are most important and where things kind of line up and where the common denominators are for everything in terms of just like acting and different mindset things. But maybe that'll that'll be forthcoming. I there you go. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Kurt. Love you. Yeah, yeah love you too. Thanks for having me. If you'd like to connect with Kurt and continue to follow his professional journey, follow him on Instagram at Kurt Solak or at Solark Productions. And join me Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern. Need more information? Visit lbctalent.com and follow me on socials at Lisa Solak underscore LBC Talent. By sharing our stories, we can help other talented individuals land the career of their dreams. If you're enjoying this podcast, please like and subscribe below.